The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to the Ringer Gambling Show. Austin Gale here with Warren Sharp and House. House, I'm excited. Warren and I podcast every single week. I'm excited I finally get to podcast with you. And it's on this special Thanksgiving pie dessert-ridden special. So I, I really appreciate it. I'm thankful for this opportunity to podcast with you finally on this feed. Let's go big, AG. Look, man, we <laughs> saved the best for the best occasions. And here we are together on this momentous occasion. Momentous time on the football calendar, right? Not only the Thanksgiving, but we're we're finally starting to separate some of these pretenders from the contenders. And we're going to talk about, you know, these Thanksgiving games where you might have uh, uh, some opportunity to compare some pies to them. We have blame pie. We have shame pie. We have who got game pie. And look, I, I, I mean, I, I'm fired up for the whole thing. We actually have legit games on Thanksgiving this year. Sharpie, what do you think? Well, not only that, I mean, I got to start with this platter that I'm holding in my hands because this is the pie episode, Pie Palooza, and we do this every single year, uh, at least for the last one year, um, but <laughs> <laughs> it is new a new tradition on the Ringer Gambling Show um, starting last year, and 
House, you got to tell us a little bit about the pies that you and I are working with. Austin is out in Oakland, if I am correct, Austin. And so I want to hear about the misadventures of your <laughs> attempts to uncover some pie in your location. But first, House, I mean, we each have three pies. You were the procurer of these. And I'll admit, uh, one of these definitely is not making me look like I'm not appetized by its yeah, appearance. Yeah, I get it. I'm not sure what's going on with this sucker here, but um, uh oh, talk to me about what we're working with here. Yeah, so uh, we revisited our great friends at Pie Shop DC, 100% independent, woman-owned, right in the heart, very close to the capital here in the nation's capital, and we went two savory, one sweet. We had to go back to the steak, mushroom, onion. Gruyere. That's the smog wow. pie. Now that thing, it 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 is. I I'll let um Warren sort of give his, his review of it as, as we get through it. But to me, it 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 eats. It's a pie that eats like a meal. Let there be no doubt. It's it is an absolutely elevated steak and cheese experience. And now I'm not saying that we have to talk about the the Philadelphia Eagles in connection with this one. But we also have along with this, the other savory pie, we went in a little bit uh, of, of an unconventional route. And the reason I, I felt compelled to go unconventional is because the first game on Thanksgiving is the Detroit Lions, which is tradition. But the Detroit Lions are on a goddamn winning streak, a three-game <laughs> winning streak. It's actually an, a, a very interesting game, and it's, it's an unconventional experience for all of us. We have the beautiful chicken curry pie. It's a mellow yellow curry with a lot of your traditional kind of Thai flavors mixed in there. Uh, you have some cauliflower, some onion, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's a nice flaky crust, not your grandma's chicken pot pie, Warren Sharp. And then we're going to end it with dessert. Blueberry pancake uh, wow. is, is our sweet wrapper upper. And I guess we could talk about Minnesota and New England. I mean, by that point, however many glasses of wine were into it, you can have second dessert, third dessert, your dessert wine, plus your blueberry pancake pie. But I mean, I think it's a, it's a pretty good lineup we have pulled together here. Now, now which one of those sharp, you're expressing some skepticism, which one are you feeling like you're just, you're just wondering, you're sizing it up. Okay. So this, this, uh, chicken curry thing. Here, yes. Okay. Yes. I, I cut it open to try to like serve it. And for a second there, there were like holes in it. Like, uh, was it Chevy Chase cutting open his Christmas turkey at the meal and just like deflated because there was holes because there's like large ch like chunks of cauliflower yes. taking up space. And then there was like rice. It's fluffy it's, brown rice. Yes. It's absolutely not what I was expecting. So I'm interested to give it a try. But I can tell you like the concoction that this looks like, he's got rice and cauliflower and, and chicken and carrots. carrots and a couple of other things. It looks like the New York Giants roster right now. I mean, that <laughs> roster is just like, is a disaster left over from Dave Gettleman. It looks like somebody just combined a bunch of dishes that you would have off separately uh, when you're eating Thai food, maybe, and just like shoved it all into a pie crust. And that's what we've got here. So that reminds me of the New York Giants, but I can't wait to taste it because I do like curries. Um, but yeah, that's that's my thoughts there. Now, Austin, talk to us about, you know, what happened to you in your efforts to try to grab some pie. 
Well, if there if 2022 is any indication of, of what that curry pie will taste like, it might exceed your expectations given how well the Giants have played this year. For me, I also took an unconventional route. Maybe that was the Detroit Lions winning streak. Maybe that was just not having locate not having a pie location, not having my version of this DC pie here in Oakland. The first time I've been back in the Bay, back home in a handful of years uh, for the holidays. I, I looked for the next best thing. I found this Mediterranean dessert place, Greek dessert place, and, and grab myself a little baklava. I'm a big baklava fan. I haven't you know, taken a step into it yet here. Also got a baklava cheesecake. Just took a bite out of that. You know what it tastes like? Baklava on top of cheesecake. Not that surprising. <laughs> it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And then I got a couple of macadamia nut cookies. Why? Because I'm feeling a little nutty and I'm eyeing a dog. Late night on Thanksgiving. Ooh, I'm eyeing like one of it. those dogs. I, I like I like the Pats, man. We'll get into that game a little bit later. But Pats, Vikings, Vikings obviously 8-2 and two on the season, coming off an absolute stinker hosting the New England Patriots who are playing lights out defensively. It'll be interesting to see them go against Kirk Cousins. Shall we get into the games, boys? Yes, sir. Starting with Bills at Lions. Lions on that unconventional three-game win streak hosting the Buffalo Bills. They're nine-and-a-half-point dogs at home. I know, Warren, you have them in a seven-point teaser there. Bills, uh, favored by nine and a half, coming off of a, you know, I, I, I think a convincing win over the Cleveland Browns and the Jacoby Brissett put up a valiant effort, but still Josh Allen's Josh Allen. This total, 54 and a half, one of the highest totals on the slate. House, I'll start with you. Your initial reactions to this line. It's the Lions on a three-game winning streak. Why? Tell me why I shouldn't bet the dog here. Why I should not bet Dan Campbell at nine and a half. I don't have a great answer for you. I mean, the, the problem that I have is at this point in the season, I now have a knee-jerk reaction to lines between three and a half and 10 because those have been clicking in at a, around a two-thirds clip, like 66%, uh, 65 66% hit rate uh, uh, against the spread. And, you know, what our eyes have told us about the Detroit Lions over the last three weeks is they are an opportunistic defense tied for most turnovers forced in the entire NFL, a whole bunch of interceptions. They they uh, went up against Daniel Jones last week, who'd thrown two picks all season long uh, and picked his ass twice. And Aiden Hutchinson is everything that they hoped he could be. And, you know, look, there, it's not like it's a defense that stops anybody. I mean, I don't well, let's let's not go go crazy, but. They play all the way through to the end. They 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 have these high scoring games. I mean, that, that, there's a good reason why that total is 54 and a half. It scares me that high, but I mean, I still like. I'm not going to wake up on Thanksgiving morning with all the, the 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 whole day in front of me and bet an under in the first game. I could tell you that much right now. But I I just you know the the, the thing I don't like about the Bills situation is. The, the flying out of the blizzard to Detroit and then going back to Buffalo and can, you know, collecting their goods and stuff and then coming back to Detroit. I would have felt better if they had just stayed put. So I, I don't think I'm inclined to go with the favorite in this one. Sharp, where are you leaning in this one? I, I feel like a lot of the public money will be on Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, especially as we get closer to Thursday. Most people looking to bet a dog early. And I think a lot of money's going to be on the total, over. I think people like getting, you know, brute for points on the first game of Thanksgiving. Where's your head at? Where's Sharp money at? Where's the, where's the public money going? I can tell you, I think the Sharp side will probably line up to be the Detroit Lions here, um, just like you're kind of intimating. Uh you know, one thing that surprised me, it did not surprise me that the Buffalo Bills started off slowly last week. I mean, considering they weren't even supposed to play in Detroit, they did not practice what Wednesday. Uh, they did, they got sick. Some of their players got sick. 
Then they had to cancel practice on Friday so they could try to get out of town or organize their shit for the storm. I mean, it was a disaster what they were dealing with. And the fact that they were up and dominating that game against uh, Cleveland Browns team, to me, spoke a lot about the coaching and the way this team comes together at the end of the day. What was surprising to me is that Josh Allen wasn't running the football a little bit more. You know, he he went all willy-nilly and, and, and went crazy, absolutely crazy against the Minnesota Vikings the prior week, but he really toned it down. And I am going to wonder if we're going to see a little bit more rushing out of him in this game because his Detroit Lions defense has been gashed by opposing quarterbacks tremendously. Daniel Jones ran for 50 yards and a touchdown last week. Justin Fields, obviously a buck 47 and two tutties. Even Aaron Rodgers ran for 40 yards. And this is a guy who like refuses to run the football. He just wants to just chuck and duck and get out of harm's way. He got 40 yards against them. Geno Smith, 49 yards rushing the football. Jalen Hurts, 90. Um, this is an absolute sieve of a defense against running quarterbacks. I also think that, you know, this Lions defense hasn't been terrible against running backs, though. Like uh, they've they've actually been coming out playing pretty well. I'm thinking that Singletary is going to lose some touches to Cook. Cook played really well last week. They're kind of starting to share the load a little bit on a short week. Might they mix in the mm -hmm. youngster a little bit more? Uh, so I'm a little bit down on Singletary. Um, and then on the other side, like I I do think before I get to the other side of the ball, I do think that we are seeing a Lions defense that sort of feels a little bit more in control of what they are and what their limitations are and how they need to play defense. I'm not saying they're good, but they're better than what they were to start the season when they were giving up 48 points to the Seattle Seahawks and, and 27 to the Washington Commanders and 38 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this team is a little bit better, but my concern is actually on the other side of the ball. And that's because the Buffalo Bills are getting healthier defensively. And if you look at the schedule of who this Lions offense has played, we're talking about the number 23 ranked Miami Dolphins, the number 17, I'm going back to week eight now, number 20, whoops, just got my finger in the blueberry pie there as I'm trying to count <laughs> things out. I got to save that to the end because I don't want to ruin my taste buds. So let me, let me wash it down. Yes. Okay. Got some coffee in there. That, that, that like destroys the palate. I think that's like a palate cleanser, just destroys it. So uh, that taste is out of my mouth real quick. Um, going back to week eight, you had the Miami Dolphins, then you had the Green Bay Packers, then you had the Chicago Bears, and you had the New York Giants. These teams ranked 23, 17, 29, and 24 defensively. We're talking three bottom 10 defenses plus the Green Bay Packers. And now you're going up against the Buffalo Bills that actually have a very good defense. And did you see, by the way, what the freaking Buffalo Bills did on the ground to Nick Chubb? I could not believe when I looked back and saw, I think Chubb had 14 rushes for 19 yards. How? How does a guy like Chubb have 14 rushes for only 19 yards? You look at some of the defenses that the Lions have played. I know Amon Ross St. Brown is back and he wasn't here for these games, but they played two other top five defenses Midway through the season, they scored zero against the Patriots and they scored six against the Cowboys. Both were road games. Um, I just think this is the first good defense, like a real step up for them. I am curious as to how they come out here. But, you know, sometimes you turn on these games, Austin, you turn them on like uh, you know, 1230. You're still getting organized. You got your appetizers set out. Your company's arriving and you're a little late to like tune into the game and you're watching the game like two minutes, two or three minutes in the game and the Lions are already driving. 
It's like, whoa, what's going on here? These guys are playing good at home early on mm. in the game. So I'm interested to see how they start out, uh, but definitely a massive step up in class for a defense that they're going to be going up against in terms of the Buffalo Bills. I do want to add one last comment. Mm. Everybody's making a massive deal about the Lions, uh, about the Bills flying home after the game. Like, and I talked to a reporter uh, while he was, he's a Buffalo reporter. He was flying out on the team charter to go to the game last week and they could do all their practicing and everything that they need to do so much easier when they're in Buffalo at home. Do you realize it's like a one hour flight? It's like one hour and five minutes from Buffalo to Detroit. It's like the equivalent of me dri like driving to like the casino in Maryland. Like it's, it's not that big of a deal. And they're on like a first class jet. It's like, uh, ridiculous to think that that is the difference. Oh, they're not staying in Detroit. Uh, they're actually back at their facilities. That's not a reason to play the Lions and fade mm -hmm. the Bills here. But I do think it's going to be a closer game than some people are expecting. I think you, and, and this is the last comment I'll make on this game, I, I think you bringing up the Buffalo Bills defense and it being one of the better defenses Detroit has played over the last few weeks, I think is super important for the total. And I think why... Well, probably, you know, public money will be on the over, you know, on the West Coast. That game starts at 930. People are looking to get active at 930, see some points here. I, I, I think that I like the under because Buffalo Bills, where they've struggled when you look back at that Cleveland Browns game is limiting the top receivers, right? Amari Cooper moved around outside, inside, really, you know, really shined against a Buffalo Bills defense that doesn't have their number one cornerback right now. Tredavious White, I don't think is going to play in this game either, hasn't played any of this season. The, the Lions, yes, Amon Ross St. Brown is really talented. For me, I, I don't see Amon Ross St. Brown being the guy that can threaten the Buffalo Bills cornerbacks like an Amari Cooper can or other top receivers can. And I think that's going to limit this Detroit Lions offense more than maybe people are expecting. And the rushing offense, while Jamal Williams had, what, three touchdowns last game and, and DeAndre Swift has some, has some highlight plays, I don't think it ranks inside the top 20 in EPA per rush over the last three weeks. Like it has still struggled on you know, yes. on the aggregate in terms of efficiency. So I don't know. I, I think this Detroit Lions offense is getting some steam at the right time, going against a relatively cupcake schedule. And I don't know if they have the horses or the dogs to do it against a Buffalo Bills defense that obviously is really well coached, despite all the injuries in the secondary, really well coached, can create pressure up front, all those things. So I'm probably leaning under and Detroit Lions, I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. I like the plus nine and a half. If you get it in a teaser leg, I'm there as well. Should I give you guys an official review of the baklava here? Did you have some? Absolutely. I haven't even seen I, you eating, so you must be like doing it really I'm, well when I'm yeah. talking. I'm, I'm going to take a bite here. Uh, you got you got to be. I'm, I'm stuffing my face constantly. You hear the tableware clanking around? Here, I'll say it. It's pretty good. I like baklava. I think it reaches my... It's got good nuttiness. nuttiness. It's... um. Good chewiness, good flakiness. I, I'm in. I think that's an above average baklava. I think that covers the spread. It was an underdog versus the pie, but I think it covers the spread in terms of how good <laughs> uh, how, how good of a substitute it was. Austin, the first thing people think of when they think Thanksgiving is baklava. Let there be no doubt. I mean, th this is here we are, the Ringer Gambling Show. Unconventional is the way that we get down. Exactly. Giants at Cowboys is the next game on the slate. Another nine and a half point spread on FanDuel. Cowboys favorite at home. By nine and a half total set at 45 and a half giants coming off a heartbreaking loss at home to Dan Campbell's lions Dallas on the other hand coming off an absolute monster win over the Minnesota Vikings they were leading in that game 37 to three I looked at the you know with seven minutes remaining in the third and they were dominating that Minnesota Vikings defense so Cowboys coming off a monster win over a really talented Minnesota Vikings team obviously dropping them to eight and two while the Giants reeling 
after a loss to Detroit Lions that honestly puts their playoff odds at roughly a coin flip, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, and even 538, I think, has met 54% chance to make the playoffs. Now, after all the success that they had to start the season, this line, this this Cowboys game is one the Giants would like to have. I know it's on the road. I know they're nine and a half point dogs, but they're going to be playing for something here while Dallas, I think, rides, what, 90% plus chance to make the playoffs. They're cruising and where they are in terms of wins. House, I'll start with you again. Cowboys here, nine and a half point favorite. Are you leaning the dog? Man, this thing is uh, so tough because the 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 trends set up so beautifully on both sides of, of the situation. Like on the one hand, Dallas has been absolutely brutal on Thanksgiving. One in 10 in its last 11 Thanksgiving games. And Dallas as a, as a blowout, uh, you know, in its previous game, you would definitely set up looking for the underdog, um, you know, that the line's inflated after what we just saw. But the problem I have with the Giants is all these guys are hurt. They have uh, uh, a mess on, on the offensive line. Now, it might turn out to be a harmonious mess in the way that the curry chicken papaya that we're eating here, uh, a, a beautiful arrangement here. The parts might not look like they fit, but they come together beautifully. That might happen for the Giants, the thing with the Giants, um, you 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 kind of characterized that loss as heartbreaking. I didn't feel like it was heartbreaking. I felt like they got their asses kicked. I mean, the Detroit <laughs> was better on on both sides of the ball and didn't. You know, we talked about how impressed we were with um, the Bills' uh, rush defense against Cleveland. Detroit's rush defense against Saquon Barkley was absolutely fantastic. Now, <laughs> to Warren Sharp's point. That they 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 love giving up rushing yards to quarterbacks. Quarterbacks can run right down the middle of the field uh, against uh, uh, the Detroit Lions. But with this 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 Giants um, situation, they they're five and one straight up and against the spread as underdogs. So they've been beautiful underdogs for us all year. But I just can't get over like I don't is Evan Neal playing? I don't know. That uh, they the left guard Josh Azudu. The right tackle, Tyree Phillips, the uh, Adderie Jackson's out, Fabian Moreau, Jason Pinnock, the safety, Wandell Robinson, Feliciano at center. Like, it's just too many guys that are down in a short week going into Dallas. I don't love laying the nine and a half, but I feel more comfortable with this line than I do in the Buffalo Detroit game. Again, recency bias over everything. I, I think that. The, you're, you're right to call out that it was just an absolute bludgeoning for the New York Giants. One that I think a lot of people expected, right? Everyone's been talking about, myself included, how much the Giants have kind of overperformed versus their talent. And a lot of that's been credit to Brian Dayball and, and Daniel Jones thriving and Saquon Barkley being a comeback player of the year candidate. I think what we saw against Detroit is what has been there all season. It's, a, it's an offense that it gets if it gets behind in the game script, it's going to struggle to get back into games. They're throwing to receivers that I don't even think either of you guys could name. Like they and Wandell Robinson, that that the their phenom rookie out of Kentucky, who who led the team in receiving this past week, is now out for the season with an injury. They, they, they lost Sterling Shepard. They lost Wandell Robinson. Kenny Galladay is like scared to get off the bench. You you have Isaiah Hodgins playing. You have uh, it is a tough tough receiving core. I think the only other team without a 500 yard receiver this season is the Chicago Bears. They do not have a top flight weapon. So when you ask them to get into these obvious passing situations, you ask Daniel Jones to be a Superman behind a very bad, very injury played offensive line, you're going to see more blowouts. Now, if they find ways to keep it within one score in the fourth quarter, Dayball and Kafka have, have been creative, almost magical in terms of pulling out wins. But the, the, the philosophy, the keys to the game, if you will, 
to be the New York Giants is obvious. It's get out hot, get out to a really good start, and force Daniel Jones to obviously you know, get into a standard drop-back passing game. Yes, the Detroit Lions defense limited Saquon Barkley, but so much of that, too, was the Giants having to throw the football after going down early. Sharp, hard, hard after me and House now kind of leaning away from the Giants. Do you see any value in the 9.5-point dog? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with your last point there, which is the game flow. And when anytime you're handicapping one of these games, especially one with a dog that's that's this large, you've got to try to anticipate what is the game flow going to be here. Um, and it's so vital for the New York Giants to jump out to that lead because what is their strength? It's the ability to unleash Saquon Barkley. What is their weakness? It's Daniel Jones dropping back against this defense coupled with his lack of receivers out there, which you just mentioned. Both of you, all these guys have gone down. And I mean, Darius Slayton should have been used more earlier on in the season. He's going to get a ton of usage now because there really is nobody left, especially if Richie James is out because we know Wondell Robinson is out. And Kenny Galladay is is an absolute disaster. Uh, to me, he's like one of those, ki- a, a place kicker who his mental state is just broken and busted. And I don't like when he dropped that pass, it went right through his arms and then Dayball benched him. I mean, there's just, there's just no coming back from that. Um, but no, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about positives, one positive is that Brian Dable loves the bright lights. Now, was that when he was an OC sort of every week to him was an audition for a job as a head coach? Possibly. But on the bright stage here, he's not one to back down. He's not one to get conservative and call bad plays and not try to press the pedal to the ground and do something creative offensively. It's just, what do you have to work with? And this is a team that had a shit roster from day one that has overachieved. And it is very much like this, this pie that I'm eating here because this sucker, this, this is working for me right now with this curry, but like house, I will be honest. I will probably be hard pressed to eat a second helping of this tomorrow just because it's good right now, but I don't know how it's going to, like how I'm going to feel about it in another couple of days. And that's the same way with this New York Giants team. Like they were impressive early on in the season and and now things are starting to catch up as the injuries are piling up here. Um, Daniel Jones, I, I think he's just going to be harassed consistently here. And I really find it difficult to expect this team to keep this game very close. I, like you guys, do agree with the way that this line moved early. This thing opened at like six and a half, seven and a half at spots. Sharp money was betting on the new uh, on the Dallas Cowboys here. Moved it all the way up. It's now touching 10 at some spots. Um, this line may close higher than the Buffalo Bills against the Detroit Lions, in my opinion, as some of these injuries continue to pile up. My, my opinion of you know, the curry pie, having not tried it, but getting just your interpretation of it. <laughs> you want to see I, what it looks like in the camera? Let me see, I mean, let, let me see what it, it looks like. It does look good. I mean, it it, I, it it looks like what you would expect. It's what, what, uh, it's got like uh, bok choy and like broccoli and, and cauliflower and rice. I mean, it's nice just big a very chunks of carrots, fluffy yeah, brown rice. If, yeah. you, if you think nice big chunks of carrots are a good thing, um, <laughs> Well, in, in yellow sure, curry, sure. it makes sense. It's, sure. it's, yeah, it's, it's true. Like vegetables. It's Do you a like this meal. Is, <laughs> this is not. This is. I, I. I'm telling you, it is better than my expectations when I saw 
and cut it open for the first time, but it is not something that can hold a candle to the smog and is not something that I think I would like go to the pie shop and order again. Like to me, the steak, mushroom, what is it? How do you, what are the Onion smog? Gruyere. Onion, Onion. Gruyere. Yeah. Th this thing is <laughs> nine and a half out of 10. The pepper is just flavored with the right amount of pepper. And I'm it a little amazing. disappointed. Where Where's your bites of this pie house? Where, what are you talking where your... about? Which one? Are Which you eating one? it? Which? I haven't seen you. Look I need to clank it. Look at my fork. Look at my fork. It's, okay, it's got smog on it as we go. speak, buddy. Okay. I'm okay. literally sitting here letting you do the analysis and chowing down as you're chowing on smog okay. pie. Because I'm chowing while I'm analyzing. Um, that's what. That's kind of how I'm doing this show. But <laughs> you could see it I, on the fork. I uh, Yeah, absolutely. So this, this guy here, again, better than expected, but still... Is going to run its course very quickly for me on it from a taste buds perspective. Well, that makes sense for the Giants. Exactly. <laughs> I think they went against a paper thin schedule, being the debut pie, and then as you start to try some of the other pies, it's hard. It gets harder and harder to really you know handicap and evaluate the pie. I also think it would have a higher rating if it had as cool of a nickname as Smog. You know, I, I think Smog yeah. is, is such a great abbreviation of the other pie that it's hard to really compete. It's hard to really compete. With that last Thanksgiving game, this is the one why I chose the macadamia nut cookie, and I'll bite into it after I, I dive in here and preview this one. Is I'm feeling a little nutty and I'm liking the dog. I, I like Lions against the spread. I'm not picking them on the money line. I don't like the Giants as a nine and a half point dog against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm taking the Patriots, who are a two and a half point dog on the road against the Minnesota Vikings on the money line and against the spread. I like the Patriots this week a lot. The total set at 42 and a half. You could say that. After a blowout loss, the Vikings sprint to flush it down and, and go against a Patriots team that, you know, everyone talks about the Jets and how bad the quarterback is. And, and you got Robert Sala considering other options. Mac Jones has been not as bad, not as bad, at least in the press conferences, but still one of the least efficient quarterbacks this season. He has been a struggle. And Matt Patricia is struggling to call an offense around Mac Jones because of how poorly he's performed in these situations. So it's tough backing Mac Jones and backing this Patriots offense, but Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and this defense, if they can commit to that physical brand of football offensively, run the football with success on early downs, defense plays up. I, I, I think this is a, a, a live dog here, House. Where are you at? Are you with me on the macadamia nut, macadamia nut cookie of the slate here in the Patriots? Well, I mean, I have the the blueberry pancake uh, as, as my sweet pie. I'm holding it up to the camera right now. It's it's a beautiful arrangement. This, this uh, pancake batter in, inner filling which, you know, it really evokes your, your, your Thursday morning. But look, as a dessert, it, it's beautiful, which sets up with this game. I can't believe you went through that whole analysis and didn't, you, you talk about burying the lead. Buddy, what time is this game Thursday night? What time is this game Thursday night? It's and prime time. Prime time, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Like, oh my God, we have Kirk Cousins as a favorite <laughs> in prime time. Are you kidding me? Let's all run to the betting, to the betting uh, uh, ticket window right now. Um, we won't be running anywhere on Thursday because we'll all be full, but as a, as a dessert game and with whatever number of glasses of wine I will have consumed by that point, it might even be bourbon time by that, that, that stage of, of, of the proceedings. Um, we hit this and, and everybody knows I'm not afraid to pat us on the back when we, when we, uh, you know, run through an analysis on the show. Sharpie and, and nail it. Christian Darisaw was, is everything and was everything. And he uh, tried to go the concussion. I, I don't know if he was concussed again or if it was the same concussion, but he ended up out in of, of the majority of the Sunday game um, against Dallas and Dallas just 
blitz the daylights, not not blitz. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, they 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 did what they do. They uh ran from four up front and they just made Kirk Cousins uncomfortable for the entirety of 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 the game. I don't see Darisol's out again. I I don't see Minnesota coming up with a solution between Sunday four o'clock game and Thursday eight o'clock game that's going to resolve this for them. I have no idea. They they uh, didn't run down and cook. They had an opportunity. You know the Dallas defense is a little susceptible to the run. I don't know why it is that that uh, we didn't see more cook, but um, I I just see Kirk Cousins backpedaling in prime time again and again and again. I'm afraid of Mac Jones. Just be very plain. I don't want to see the New England Patriots down at the end of this game and having to go down the length of the field to score, to win the game, recover this spread. I don't like that scenario. It doesn't make me happy, but I, I think uh, the f- how physical New England is and what they're going to be able to do with pass rush. I like what you're putting down, AG. I like the way you're going here. I'm leaning Pats, and I think when you bring up the the Dallas Cowboys run defense, go back to that Packers game where Aaron Jones, A.J. Jones, specifically attacking the edges of that Cowboys defense, forcing their defensive backs to tackle. I think you saw Minnesota try and get into that this week or this past week, but the the game script was so bad that they had to throw the football, right? I mean, like I said, they were were trailing 37-3 with seven seven minutes remaining in the third. They were struggling. They were behind the eight ball all game. That allowed Dallas Cowboys pass rushers to pin their ears back. Obviously, with Darius out, here comes more pressure. Kirk Cousins was under pressure, according to True Media, on 60% of his dropbacks. That's the most in a single game over the last three years for Kirk. He's not going to play well in those games. No quarterback will, really. But then if you're able to turn on that kind of pressure with, with, with Dietrich Wise and, and what the Patriots have up front and with Belichick pulling the strings in primetime, I worry about Kirk, man. I worry about Kirk. When we saw him in primetime against Philly, that was one of the worst quarterback performances I've seen all year. And then you go back to this game. I don't think it was it was an awful Kirk performance as much as it was the offensive line and just getting behind the eight ball. But I won't say the formula to beating the Vikings is out there. Getting out to a lead, getting them out of their run game, getting them out of their play action, that's how you beat up on the Minnesota Vikings. Can the New England Patriots do that defensively? I say yes. Offensively, though, even against the Jets, yeah, the Jets have a really good defense, but didn't even score an offensive touchdown in that game. Had to be a Marcus Jones punt return for him to even win that one. So I worry about Mac Jones. I worry about Joe Judge. I worry about Matt Patricia. I don't know how much this offense could score, but I do like the Patriots defense in prime time against Kirk. Warren, do you have a different read? Okay. Let me just start here. This pie is blueberry, uh, blueberry pancake. pancake pie. Yeah. Tremendous house. Tremendous. Tremendous. <laughs> like it's 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 I don't even know how it's a pie, but it's such a custardy filling. Yeah, doesn't take doesn't. I sort of get thoughts of a pancake, but I really just go to like, like this is joy. This this is joy on the inside here. I can't it's, really wow. describe it. It's, it's like warm. Pancake it's soft. Batter, right? It's like batter, but it but it doesn't really. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not doughy. It's, it's sweet. It's sweet. It's beautiful. I, I think this pie is absolutely beautiful. Which. You know, I'm trying to think give me of a, a rating. Pro- Wait, give me a rating. What's what's the pie rating? I need a I need a rating. Okay, so it's Thanksgiving time. So you're gonna go. I'm gonna go pumpkin as like my my ten because I love pumpkin pie. I know wow. House thinks I thinks I hate pumpkin pie, but That's a I actually take. do. I actually do like pumpkin pie. Pecan pie, love it as well. That's like a nine point eight maybe for me for Thanksgiving time, especially. Um, this is this is gonna be an a, a, an eight point nine or a nine point oh. Like this is. 
way up there. The smog, the smog's like a nine five, nine seven. This guy for like a dessert pie is is right up there. Uh, it, it's it's beautiful. And then you know the the, the chicken curry thing. I'd say that's like a 6.4, it was 6.4. Just an it's unconventional. Good. We just wanted something unconventional to capture the moment we're in with the Detroit Lions. I would Lions. strongly, if you, if you want to go to the pie shop in D.C., I would, I would start off with the smog and then have yourself a, a blueberry pancake and you will be in a happy place. Uh, steer clear of the chicken curry. Primetime Kirk catching less shade than this curry pie is absolutely sensational. <laughs> <laughs> the curry well, pie here's the thing. Let, this is, this is, so... The, the the this pie I thought it sounded good it is good um it's very predictable just like Kirk Cousins is to me Kirk Cousins is the guy who you you have him come to work he's gonna wear a short sleeve button down shirt okay he's gonna know how to fix the install new toner in the fax machine lickety split he's gonna advise you on how the right way to adjust your mirrors so that you can make a left turn the best most efficient way possible. But he is not going to be able to win games in prime time. Like he, it's 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 so difficult. What do we know about Kirk? We we talked about like three weeks ago, I think. House is like, is the game in prime time? Can the defense get after the quarterback? Right, and like both of those things are going to be true here. The defense can get after the quarterback. Uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be under pressure a ton. If you look at some of the the data la- last week, it's very similar. Ironically enough. The Cowboys defense to the Patriots defense from a regard of uh, how much pressure they're able to get uh, and how much man coverage they play. And that's both the Cowboys do that and the New England Patriots do that. I think that they're going to cause problems, especially without Derrissaw there. Uh, And then you go and look at, you know, what are the Vikings? Well, the Vikings are using a little bit more 12 since they added Hawkinson. But they're not really going away from 11 personnel. Weeks 1 to 8, 76% usage of 11 personnel. That was the fifth highest. And since Hawkinson's been there, weeks 9 onward, they're still at 77%. So they're they're number 4 now. Uh, they haven't gone less 11. They've just used a little bit more 12 and moved away from other things. Well, that's going to be a problem because this Patriots defense, I, I, they're really getting overlooked. We talked about look out for the Patriots defense. They're going to be coming on strong here. But I mean, they rank number 1 in EPA allowed per pass attempt versus 11 personnel passes. They're allowing negative 0.26 EPA per pass attempt versus 11 personnel. The NFL average is negative 0.02. We're not even close to that neighborhood. The, they're at negative 0.26. And the second best defense is negative 0.21. And all, like number three is very close. Number four is very close. And, and the Patriots are there at negative 0.26. They also rank top half of the league against running back runs from 11 personnel. I think they're going to be able to do a good job in limiting the upside of the Christian Derisaw-less Minnesota Vikings offense here. Um, and then if you look at like some of the defenses that New England has played, yeah, Mac Jones, okay, totally buffoonery, total buffoonery what happened to him in that Chicago Bears game and how they brought him back. And since that point in time, they've played like three top 11 defenses, the Jets twice plus the Indianapolis Colts who ranked number 11. Now you go up against the Minnesota Vikings, who rank number 19 on the season in defensive efficiency. I just think that there's going to be enough upside here. Look out for Ramondre Stevenson. He might have five catches in this game out of the backfield. I think there's going to be upside for him to catch some balls for Mac Jones. Uh, I just think that this offense is going to be efficient enough and get enough pressure on Kirk Cousins. Uh, 
I do, like you, Austin, and, and it sounds like House as well, see the Patriots being able to keep this game close. There is a reason why this game opened at 3, 3.5 and, and is now down to 2.5, and, and I'm even seeing some twos starting to pop here on Wednesday night as we're enjoying our pie talking through these games. I'd say I took a bite of the macadamia nut cookie. Uh, one, it's very good. I, I think if I had to give this place a score, it's like just meeting expectations. It's it's a zero point zero EPA, right? It's like, <laughs> hey, there's no expected points added here. Like the baklava tastes like baklava, the baklava cheesecake tastes like baklava on top of cheesecake, and the macadamia nut cookie is just a macadamia nut cookie. But what's interesting is the similarity, the the, the expectedness, right? And everyone's bringing up the pressure with the New England Patriots, the number one team in, in creating pressure on the quarterback this year. Over 41% uh, of opponent dropbacks is the Dallas Cowboys. And we saw what that looks like with the Darisol-less Minnesota Vikings. The number two team is the New England Patriots. So you're going to get another really, really good pressure team up front. And you mentioned uh, against 11 personnel. The reason, not the, not the only reason, but a big driver in why the Patriots are able to have success against 11 personnel is they can create pressure with four. That means they can keep defensive backs back. When they don't blitz, when the Patriots don't blitz, they're getting pressure 38% of the time. That's the second highest rate in the NFL. Do you know who's first? The team the Minnesota Vikings Dallas. lost to 43 last week. And, yeah. and that, that, for me, is enough to back the Patriots. And the big reason why I think you start to see this line obviously move from three and a half to two and a half and now down to two. I, I, I like the Patriots as a dog, rooting for a dog, late night dessert dog. Who doesn't like that? Who doesn't like yeah. that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I also just like you know, some of the basic Belichick stuff. Let's have Belichick against a rookie head coach on a, on short rest. Like, like let me have a, a little taste of that. I also think the under is interesting. That forty-two and a half. Um, I can't come up with you know game script wise the way that that New England. If we're if we're forecasting game flow based on that the defense putting the pressure that we expect and then controlling the ball and trying to keep the ball out of Mac Jones' hands. Honestly, when when New England's on offense, I that uh, it all supports uh, an underflow to me. Do you guys have a perspective on the total there? I, I'm probably staying away from the the total full game. I, I do like Vikings under 21 and a half. Mm. You can get it. At, you can get it at 22 and a half in some spots with that implied total being, you know, the two and a half point favorite. Like I, I, I do like, I do like the Minnesota Vikings not getting over 21 points against this Patriots defense. Now the, the problem, the problem I have, the problem I have with backing the full game under is that it, I think at this at this spot maybe you get it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it gets down to 41 and a half, 40 and a half by the time a lot of these people are are betting on the Thanksgiving games. I think you're gonna see some money flood in on the under as more people start to look, start to think about primetime Kirk, you know, throwing a lot of picks in this one. Well, the other thing the house mentioned it, you know, Belichick on short rest. People need to realize that when you talk about these short week games and it's the road team that's traveling and so they have even less time to prepare and so it's looked at initially like the home team should have the massive edge. The reality is the better team, the favorites are going to have the edge and Bill Belichick is 21 and 15 on short rest since 2003. Um, he really does a good job and then you got these first year head coaches uh, playing on Thursday on a short week when do we install what? How prepared is this offense going to be to deal with this defense? Um, and, and I think it makes it worse, the performance that they had last week, right? I'm, I'm sure they're thinking like, good, let's play again real soon. Let's wash the bad taste out of our mouth. But the problem is when you're going up, Austin, you said this, a defense that's very similar in a number of facets to the defense that just destroyed you. How quickly can you make those adjustments in just a couple of days? You know, you've got a few days to make these changes with a brand new coaching staff. I do think that that is going to be a challenge. Um, 
And the last thing I'll add for like these Thanksgiving days, Thanksgiving day games in general is favorites of seven plus points historically have absolutely dominated in these situations. We, we talked about it. It's the better team, oftentimes the better coach, the favorite that tends to do better against the spread. Although I do, I would gravitate towards a couple of dogs, I think this year, but in general, this is why teasers are so good. Favorites of at least seven points are 22 and four ATS the last 25 years. So they are great just ATS, but throw throw them in a teaser, throw the Bills and the, and the Cowboys in a teaser. That's what I personally did. And then I might be dabbling with, uh, as I'm walking the dog, after I'm drinking my wine, I might be, you know, enjoying the upcoming action on the New England Patriots. You know what's better than the dessert pies uh, on Thanksgiving? It's the post-nap seconds plate of the Thanksgiving stuffing and the turkey. That's what we're going to get to after the break. Each of us has one game for the Sunday slate that we're going to talk to. Let's take a quick break. Get more out of your holiday week with FanDuel because new customers get $125 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bets. This Thanksgiving, we got the Patriots at Vikings primetime. Kirk Cousins, love the under 42 and a half if you gain it at that spot. I love the under Vikings 22 and a half team total. I like the Patriots against the spread. I like the Patriots as a dog. I like Ramondre Stevenson over three and a half receptions. A lot of bets to be had on the late night game on Thanksgiving. FanDuel is also now live in Maryland. Get in on the action now with great offers, boosts, and more. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you bet an NFL same game parlay from now through November 28th, all customers get $100 in free bets, win or lose. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss your chance to get $125 in free bets, win or lose, when you join FanDuel with promo code GAMBLERS. That's G-A-M-B-L-E-R-S. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342-188-878-97777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Tennessee Redline, that's TN Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, House, you kick us off. What game do you like after Thanksgiving? I know you're going to be too hungover to really watch anything on Sunday. It's going to be a three-day hangover for you, House. I know how you roll. 
Where are you at? Where are you looking? Where's the action on Sunday? It really is. It's multiple day hangover. I'm going to be hungover well <laughs> into next week. This is really my time of, of the year, my time to shine. Um, I am looking at a team, speaking of time to shine, led by the oldest quarterback in the history of the NFL, who loves this time of year, loves it almost as much as I do. And I'm talking about Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Cleveland. Now, this line opened at three, and I absolutely loved it. It's now up to to three and a half, but I still like it quite a bit. And the reason I like it is because all of the uh, airspace has been devoted to the San Francisco 49ers. After their performance on Monday night, everybody's looking at the NFC conference and saying, well, well, you know, Philly, they had to pull out a tough one against Indianapolis, but they did it after their loss against the C-Words. They came back and, you know, they it was a tough road game against Jeff Saturday and the Colts. So Philly's still right there. Dallas beat the hell, beat the daylights out of Minnesota. Minnesota showed, showed the world what pretenders Minnesota is. And then Monday night on an island game, San Francisco goes to, to Mexico City and pulls down Cliff Kingsbury's pants and smacks him with, you know, uh, uh, a... a a Mexican totem. And and something and else a- happened <laughs> down there too. This uh, Cardinals assistant coach was relieved of his duties uh down oh. there for, for some sort of behavioral oh, incident. No. Oh, yeah. No. So I mean there's it's so it's so great. Sorry to interrupt your rant, but it's no, so it's great that, that Amazon Prime is filming this ha- this carnage happening in real time for us to just tune in on our couch and just point our fingers <laughs> and give the Nelson laugh. Uh, from Simpsons because <laughs> the, the team is a... So that, that assistant coach, Sean Krugler, I think is his name, Kugler Krugler, uh, was the assistant offensive line coach for an incident in Mexico City. That's what's being named. Now, I went to San Diego State. I've had my incidents in Tijuana myself. I don't know what the, what, <laughs> what, what, what they have going on there. But I, I, I do, I will say this. Arizona's also in that midseason HBO Hard Knocks thing. Like, the, the I saw a tweet recently that's saying they're trying to scrub some of the, the incident from the HBO Hard Knocks footage. Like, that is... That stuff only happens to Arizona, man. Like every single week, Arizona has some crazy shit happen under Kime, under Kingsbury, some dumb stuff happening. I don't know, man. I, I'm not surprised by that. But you're right. You know, Cliff Kingsbury got his. <laughs> we, we interrupted Durant for a little. No, it was action, terrific. But- <laughs> I mean, look, we have one of our segments every week is the horny underdog. I think we've got our horny underdog. He's a, he's, a, he's the horny underdog and the horny overdog. Uh, we can just dispense with that, but. You know, all of, of the beginning of this week is consumed with uh, we're ready to, to uh, crown uh, San Francisco because we got to see all of their weapons. We got to see Jimmy G being efficient with all of those weapons. Well, I like the position that Tampa's in coming back from Germany off a of bye. There's tons of great numbers that support Tom Brady coming off the bye. And the thing that I liked is two excellent performances out of the Tampa Bay defense. This is the thing that that we saw at the beginning of the season. The offense was letting them down because of the injuries and the rotating uh, deck chairs on the offensive line. That looks like the, that offensive line is starting to get healthy. But more importantly, their defense has really been uh, stepping up. I have no issue whatsoever with them going into Cleveland. This is a dead man walking game for your, your boy, Jacoby Brissett. I'm sorry. It is <laughs> potentially his last game as a starter in the history of the NFL. I don't know if that's true or not, but he is not going to start any more games after this week. A lame duck session for Jacoby. And and the Browns have won one game since Halloween. It was a, it was the game on Halloween against the Bengals. Uh, but just they get blown out of games. And they ended up, sorry, give me two seconds. 
don't cut this, Mike. We got to keep the the p- real pie. Uh, you know, this is this is the dangers of eating pie on the Pie Palooza show. But this is what we have to do for the for our jobs. We're not like we're not paid just to sit here and talk. We're also eating pie. I am yes, and and a little bit uh, down the wrong pipe. But we're back. So is Tom Brady. <laughs> so are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nice, <laughs> nice opportunity, perhaps, to take a look at Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning. What are the odds right now for them to win the NFC Conference? We saw this, you know, a couple years ago, 2020, right around this time is when Tampa started getting healthy, came together, and went on the run that took them all the way to the Super Bowl. So Tampa, it's that's my Sunday play. I, I'm a big, I'm a big Jacoby Brissett fan. I don't know if he has the, I don't know if he can cover the three and a half spread here at home against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks coming off a bye. What I will be interested to see for this game specifically, I don't know if I have a strong lean either side. Maybe I just take Brady and the Bucks because uh, for you is as soft as the pancake batter in the in the blueberry pie is that Browns mm, defense. It that, is, soft. is that Browns defense is a nightmare to watch on tape. And if there's ever been a get right game for one of the worst rushing offenses in the NFL. It, it, it's this game against the Browns for Tampa Bay and Leftwich, who has famously said, I don't, you know, I don't look, I don't pay attention to EPA. You have to run the ball to have, you know, have success running play action. A lot of these stuff that, you know, I would question getting some success on the ground could put him in situations where he's more interested in running play action. And that's where we've seen this offense have success. So I'm looking forward to Tampa Bay having some success on the ground against the Browns and hopefully seeing more play action from Leftwich, seeing more play action from Brady. Cause I think that really is what, unlocks the offense. Sharp, do you have a play for Sunday or a lean on the Brissett Brady revenge game on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I do. I I definitely don't disagree with House at all here. I think that one of the things we noted prior to the Bucks playing the Seattle Seahawks over in Germany was the return of Akeem Hicks and the difference that he makes for this defense against the run and he made the same type of difference for the Chicago Bears. And I, I've said this for a while. You got to look and see, is Akeem Hicks up? Be careful if you're betting the other side of a game. And it sounds silly to say that because it's just a defensive tackle. But when you have a team that wants to run the football as much as the Cleveland Browns do, that is going to be a potential problem. You look at the splits on versus off. You look at how good Akeem Hicks is. I mean, they shut down the Seattle Seahawks run game, and then you look at what the Buffalo Bills did to the Cleveland Browns run game, who the Cleveland Browns last week did not have all the nuttiness of what Buffalo had to deal with. They didn't get sick like the Bills did. They didn't have six feet of snow like the Bills did. They weren't like racing to the airport, having people help drive them on uh, uh, snow lifts and, and take them out of there and haul them you know, to the airport. They were simply at home, taking a short trip down to Detroit or up to Detroit, whatever whatever direction it is, to attend that game in a dome. And they could not run the ball at all. I mentioned 14 carries for 19 yards for Chubb. Um, they looked good on their first drive. And after that drive that Kevin Stefanski does really well with the scripting, nothing, nothing out of this team from that point onward. In fact, they scored seven points, went up seven to nothing. Their team total was 20 points. And I was about to fire on the over on their team total, but did not do it. And they didn't score again. <laughs> like it was ridiculous how long it took them to score again. And they they obviously went over at the last split second on a meaningless touchdown to some. Um 
meaningful to others and end up going over that number and sending the full game over the total. But that was a poor performance for them when they had all the advantages in the world here. Now they're the ones that are on normal rest, whereas the Bucs have the extra rest. They bring in Akeem Hicks. They've got the good run defense. And just look at the Cleveland Browns of late and look at some of these games that they played. I mean, you're basically asking them, I guess at three and a half, it is a slightly different handicap. But if this thing is around three, which it might come back down, and it certainly was there earlier today on Wednesday, they're not keeping games close within three. The only game that they have won, they've got a one three-point loss, okay? But of their since like week three of the season, they've won one game and it was against the team they know better than anybody. The Cincinnati Bengals, this Cleveland Browns team absolutely dominates every single time they play them. It doesn't matter who is playing, Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett. doesn't matter who's under center. Kevin Stefanski knows how to go up against that defense. So mark that down for week 14 when the Cleveland Browns take on uh, the Cincinnati Bengals again. But other than that, like this team has not looked good against basically everybody that they have played. And I do worry about them here. I'm going to go to my game of the Sunday slate here. And for me, there were some tough choices. I I, I think Chargers at Cardinals will be interesting. Chargers playing for a playoff spot. Cardinals still a long shot playoff team. Maybe I'm ready to call them out, especially after returning one one coach less after their their, their embarrassing loss in, in Mexico City. We're not even sure when Kyler Murray will be back. Bears at Jets is where I'm leaning. Bears going to New York. Jets are favored by four and a half. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be for the New York Jets. We don't know if they're going to go with Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco. Totals at 39 and a half. For the Bears, Rappaport went on the Rich Eisen show today and said the Bears are optimistic Justin Fields will play. My worry is is how healthy is he? Because you saw in that game after he got hurt, it was a different quarterback playing and maybe less susceptible to hits, less interested in running the design runs and all that stuff. And that's what makes Justin Fields. Justin Fields needs, you need a fully healthy Justin Fields to unlock what he's able to do. So hopefully he's healthy enough for them to get back to what they were doing, him extending plays, him running the football and design runs and all that stuff. Because if he is, and the Jets are moving on from Zach Wilson, even if Mike White and Joe Flat or Joe Flacco is a theoretical upgrade, I still think moving quarterbacks against a Bears team that's hot in terms of scoring points I, I think it's an interesting test for this Jets defense, too. They have Going against teams that can run the football with the quarterback gives different edges than teams, obviously, that lean on the run game with their running backs. I don't know. I, I'm interested in this game. I think it's going to be closer than the four and a half, regardless of who the Jets start at quarterback, especially knowing the Bears are optimistic fields will play. Either of you guys, Sharp, House, either of you guys have a lean in this game or even watching this game. Two bad quarterbacks, obviously, going to be playing. Well, I'm I'm a Justin Fields fan uh, and have been watching as much of, of him since, you know, the the... The turn of fortune started with the uh, New England game, um, but I'm I'm worried about him. It's Tuesday, and the the analysis was a, a dislocated shoulder. I hope it popped back in, and I'm really really hoping that he plays. I'm fascinated to see who plays quarterback for the Jets, but I don't know if I can watch more than one quarter of this game, <laughs> especially if <laughs> if you know depend. It depends on Fields. If Fields is playing, then I, I I might be able to stick around. But but beyond that, I mean I I feel like. We've seen the Jets' um, playoff chances kind of disappear in front of our eyes uh, with with last week's uh, uh, turn turn of events with with New England. Um, so I, that that would be the extent of my interest in that game. Yeah, the, 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 just to chime in here, like the issue for me for this game is I need to know who the quarterbacks are before you handicap it, and it looks like we could have. We're not sure exactly who the quarterbacks are. And, you know, in some cases you might say, oh, well, the backup is the same. It doesn't really matter from a point spread. He's not like that much more valuable than the next guy up. But 
to me, I want to know because I want to know how they might call the game. The player himself might not be that much more valuable, but if there's a different guy there, they might get more conservative and more aggressive. And obviously in Fields' case, you're not going to be able to run nearly the same type of offense that you had been running. And my worry is that what have we been getting on? What have the, you know, the Jets have been saying about Zach Wilson, uh, that he needs to improve. Like, obviously that performance wasn't good enough last week, but what would be lovely is if he could run the football. And who did they play last week? The New England Patriots who are good stopping the run. And now who do they play? The Chicago Bears that are allowing a league high 18 rushing touchdowns. Uh, they are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. And so now the Jets can just run the football uh, on this team and really alleviate the pressure off of whatever quarterback it ends up being. And then if Justin Fields is severely compromised, we saw this team try to play a standard dropback style offense the first like seven weeks of the season. And Justin Fields was being sacked on 16.7% of his dropbacks, which was about to set the record as far back as our recorded sack rates can go. So, well, actually, I'm sorry, take that back. Since 2002, with the expansion Houston Texans, when they were starting David Carr at quarterback and they had this mismatch offensive line, only he was sacked more frequently uh, than Justin Fields was those first uh, seven weeks, I believe it was. All of a sudden now, you may have to go back to a more drop-back style. If A, Fields can't run, you don't want to put him in harm's way, and he is potentially your future. Uh, B, he's not able to go, and you're going with a different quarterback who's not going to run around nearly as much. So there's a lot of problems and, and a lot of question marks, and the Bears obviously aren't on the right trajectory as a franchise yet, whereas the Jets, I think that's one of the biggest issues that Robert Sala has about this team is that he feels with the record and where they sit in the contention that they could do something this year. This is the year that some teams with a quarterback on a rookie deal with a really sound defense are able to just ask for the bare minimum level of competence out of your quarterback and you're going to win enough games because you've got enough talent elsewhere on your roster. I don't necessarily know if that's the case with the Jets, but he has them playing really good defense and he's getting very frustrated. I think the defense clearly is at the lack of competence out of that quarterback position here, but this is absolutely game they should be able to run the ball. I'll squeeze mine in really quickly. And I'm, I'm looking directly at the Baltimore Ravens game uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a battle of, you know, we talk about games going under this season. This is a battle between two teams that are just like going under left and right. Um, the Jaguars are really good stopping the run. The Ravens want to try to run the football. One of the more run heavy teams in the NFL. Both of these teams are relatively slow. My lone concern here is what does Doug Peterson do out of the bye, right? He's had extra time. He's an offensive-minded coach. He's working with Trevor Lawrence, who is a talented quarterback who has not met expectations yet. But, you know, we always say, like, is it time? Is it time? And I don't know that it's going to be time against this outstanding Ravens defense that is playing a lot better right now and is really uh, trending in the right direction. But, um I think if they're able to stop the run, like the Ravens offense and Lamar Jackson, I'm one of the biggest like Lamar Jackson stands out there. It's hard for me not to look at them through, you know, with without rose colored glasses on. But I have to be honest here. I mean, this team offensively is a disaster right now. They are not playing good football on that side of the ball. And 
it's going to cost them when they run into a good enough offense. I don't think that's the case here, but like I envision a tight game. And so it doesn't shock me at all that money has come in on the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Teams from all over the all walks, whether it's the Patriots going down there or Green Bay going down there or the Colts from a dome going down there. Weird stuff happens in Jacksonville home games um, in late November, in December. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all if this game was a gross, kind of ugly, lower scoring game. And, and that's what I'm expecting here. I, I was on the under. Uh, I still see value in some of the 44s that are out there right now. Two things there, and then we'll jump to the betting buddies segment, Warren. I know you got some betting buddies you're looking to bring in. One, just back on the Jets game. Right now, according to 538's playoff predictions model, the Jets have a 46% chance to make the postseason. If they lose this game against Chicago, they, they those odds drop to 27%. Because then they have to go to Minnesota and then go to Buffalo. Going to be very difficult for the Jets to make the playoffs if they don't win this game. It's a must-win game. It's why Robert Sala has every quarterback on the table. It's like, whoever the fuck can win this game is who we're going to bring in to start this yep. game. With the Ravens and the Jaguars, I, I like Dougie P out of a bye. I, I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he has played well, all things considered. I think the money that the Jacksonville Jaguars spent in free agency wasn't maximized with the talent that they added in Evan Ingram and then Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. Kirk's been great, but outside of that, it's been a bit of a struggle. I still think Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson are figuring things out and things will get better over the course of time. For the Ravens, the number two receiver on this team in terms of snaps played is Demarcus Robinson. The number one running back in terms of snaps played is Kenyon Drake. Both of those players were cut by the freaking Raiders in August. Like, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Like, you have a Ravens team that is literally picking up Raiders scraps and starting them because of the injuries to Rashad Bateman and others and losing Marquise Brown. And then J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards both being hurt. Like, the supporting cast couldn't be worse in Baltimore and still they're finding ways to win games. I think Lamar Jackson isn't going to be a part of any MVP conversation because the numbers aren't going to be as good as Tua or Hurts or Allen or Mahomes. But holy man, holy shit. Like, this guy, Lamar Jackson is doing everything to keep the Ravens alive with, with how bad the offense is and how bad the supporting cast is. So I, I think that's going to be a low-scoring game as well. I like it I like it pretty close uh, in addition to that. Warren, do you have some betting buddies for us? We do. So we do it every single show. Uh, we give you two opportunities that are, you're going to love. Number one, you're going to get famous because House is going to shout you out. Win wow. or lose your bet, you're going to get famous on the Ringer Gambling Show podcast on the, on the Ringer feed here. And number two, I'm not going to say you're going to get anything in addition to that, but I'm also not not going to say that you're going to get anything in addition to that, too. So you might as well get wow. your entries in, people out there, because good things may come your way if we just select your bet, win or lose. So here's the bets that have been sent to us. We retweeted, uh, you retweeted this tweet, House, and I think, Austin, you did as well. People are commenting and giving us their best bets of the week. So let's run down some of them. Josh Allen over 42 and a half rushing yards. Back to the well with the QB rushing I mean, pop are we, against are we gonna, the Detroit defense. Are we going to do it three in a row? The problem I is, it's, I don't think I'll, we can. I'll, uh, yeah, I, I think I think we got to change it up a little bit, but that's that may not be a bad prop. Okay, Minnesota money line with Hawkinson anytime touchdown. Well, we're on New England, so we're, that's not going to work for us. Minnesota no, under their team total at 22 and a half. My, uh, Austin already said that one. He yeah, likes that Austin one. Austin so likes that one. Austin's Keep, on I'm that all over. One. Ramondre Stevenson over three and a half receptions. I, mm. I was on that one earlier. I was mentioning, I think he could have five catches here, whatever. So uh, that's that could be a decent one. Let's rattle through some more. Uh, Titans to Panthers, both teasing them up to eight and a half points. Uh, you definitely go through the three and the seven when you do that. Um, 
I don't want to have anything to do with the Panthers anymore. I've had enough Especially, of the Panthers. And, and Sam Darnold is starting this week. I, I'm out. I'm, I'm not touching Darnold yeah. on the, on yeah, the Panthers. Yeah, we're out. Seahawks team total over 26 and a half against Vegas, bouncing back after that bad performance over in Germany against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, taking on one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Obviously, Russell Wilson couldn't solve it, but Russell Wilson can't really solve a uh, a jigsaw puzzle right now. Um, Pat's money line. Okay, we already kind of sort of like that. So um Cincinnati minus one and a half. So going opposite of the Tennessee Titans. We didn't talk about that game at all. Dolphins team total over 29 and a half against the Houston Texans. So uh putting up a bunch of points there. Kirk Cousins to throw a picket, even money. Um we are Patriots Vikings under 42 and a half on the nightcap. We already talked about that one. Ramondre Stevenson, anytime tutty. Titans plus two. So a guy opposite of the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, this guy likes the Jets. Uh, he likes it so much. He mentioned it twice in here. Um, <laughs> well, two team I, teaser. So you got some, you, any of those? Well, go ahead. Let me hear this teaser. And then I have a couple thoughts. Okay. It's Titans, but we're getting rid of the Carolina Panthers. And instead we're including the Philadelphia Eagles down to minus one. Philadelphia Eagles minus one against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football. Oh, I don't hate that. I don't hate that one. I, I think, though, I want to do a, a player prop because the player props have been good to us in this betting buddy segment. Now, the Kirk Cousins uh, one, this is uh, a problem because Eric Johnson got love from us a couple different times. We, we, we just see the world the same way. So I like the Kirk Cousins uh, interception at, at even money plus 100. Uh, but that's not going to be the selection for the week. I think we're on Eric something. Johnson. We love you, the captain. Fifteen, you're, you're dominant. We're still going to shout you out, make you famous <laughs> again. House is going with somebody else though this week. House, who are you going with? Well, we, the the Ramondi Stevenson thing is is catching my attention. Now he, he's plus money for an anytime touchdown, and you like his over on the number of receptions. And and what we saw last week with with Pollard um, out of the backfield, and this is what Nicholas. Uh, Kosi, Kochi, I don't know how to say it, uh, points out what we want. We saw what, what Pollard did to the Vikings out of the backfield. Stevenson plus money on an any, anytime touchdown. Stevenson over three and a half catches. I, I kind of want to parlay that. Now, nobody suggested that. That might be my own play. Uh, um, they, they are correlated. They do make sense to me. But I think we'll just go ahead with, with, with Mr. Uh, Nicholas. It's Nicholas uh, underscore KOCI 10. Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson, anytime touchdown, uh, plus 105 on FanDuel right now. That That's my play of the week. AG, do you, do you have any any hesitation or reservation with that play? No, no hesitation. I, I, I want to look more. I know Damian Harris this past week was balling out for the Patriots. Yeah. While, while Ramondre Stevenson has, I think, outsnapped him significantly over the last few weeks. So Stevenson's still getting the opportunity share that you like when you're betting like anytime touchdown stuff or, or over three and a half receptions. I have no reservations there. I like the Patriots to win that game. I, I'm in on I'm, I'm in on New England in a lot of ways that you can get them. One that you shouted out, I don't know which 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 Twitter account it was, but Seahawks at home off a bye, three and a half point favorites over the Raiders, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Over 26 and a half points. Geno Smith completing, I think, the highest percentage of passes of any player in the NFL. I think that it's only going to get better against a bad Raiders defense. I kind of like the over team total for Seahawks against the Raiders as well. But I'm backing that Patriots parlay as too. Yeah, well, why don't we um let, let's shout out I, that I say we go. As well. I say we go. I say we go th- all three here. We got Angelo, 
AG underscore sports 21. He was the first one to talk about Ramondre Stevenson over three and a half. That caught your attention on Ramondre House. And yeah. then you mentioned Nicholas Kochi at Nicholas underscore Kochi 10. You are not famous as well. Anytime touchdown for Ramondre, those could be a parlay you're going to throw together, but we're going to, you're going to maybe look at those individually as well. And then, of course, we've got Austin. He is a special guest on the Betting Buddies show. He definitely deserves to throw his hat in with Turnpike Mike. Turnpike, Turnpike Mike, Mike is recommending at Sly Cooper, three O's, <laughs> Cooper. Uh, he's got the Seahawks team total over 26 and a half against the Vikings. So uh, producer Mike, I think we got three this week with a trifecta of pies yes. at our, at our uh, disposal. We need to have three betting buddies this week. You guys are now famous. Fantastic. Three, three, three betting buddies with three perfect pies if you if if weren't sharp liked vegetables and i just i'm getting word <laughs> i'm getting word now that mike wargon our producer is actually changing his twitter handle to turnpike mike 2.0 cuz yeah. he's uh, so enthralled with what he's getting so uh this has been a phen phenomenal uh tradition to extend into two years thank you so much for inviting me into this guys i know you guys did it with so yeah, lack last we're, year i'm, I'm happy to be a part of it we're getting you some real pie next time. We're gonna we'll do I'm this. In. We'll get back together for Christmas. We'll be celebrating some delicious. Love we'll it. go savory and sweet again. Uh, I admire Mediterranean food and Mediterranean desserts. It's just not you know exactly what comes to mind first. Yeah, that's I'll, all. I'll take three full curry pies from the DC shop to make up for <laughs> to make up for Warren Sharp slander. Yeah, but, trust me, trust me. Their stuff, their stuff is so good that you got to try some of the other ones. All right, yeah, but you I gotta ask you this. Talk to me about the cheesecake baklava. I didn't get a review of that sucker. It, it was can I I, I'm not going to shout out the name of the place because I don't want to drag them too much. But it is an Oakland Mediterranean dessert place. Uh, they, it looks like they layered on a piece of baklava on top of the cheesecake, which in my opinion, from an effort, from an effort perspective, I don't love the effort, right? I, I thought right. the baklava cheesesteak would, cheesesteak, cheesecake would have had some integrated pieces, but it's really just baklava on top of cheesecake. When I took my first bite, I don't have a fork. I took my first bite. It just fell off and it just became cheesecake and baklava. So it, it, it's a tough scene over here. I don't have the pies. I don't have a fork. <laughs> I, I'm really left out on the tradition. But um, no, I, I did appreciate having dessert while I podcasted. It's the first time I've done that. Hey, the cheesecake baklava is just like Russell Wilson being inserted into yes. the Denver Broncos. Like, yes. they're not going to go together. It's not going to work out. You might as well just split it up right now because this is a problem. <laughs> Russell Wilson's the cheesecake. Nathaniel Hackett is the baklava. They just don't fit. Uh, that, that's going to do it for the in the second annual pie Thanksgiving yes. betting special on the Ringer Gambling Show. Make sure you tune into the rest of the week uh, on this feed. Steve Rudy and Paul Carr are going to talk some World Cup betting. And then my guy, Raheem the Dream Palmer, R. Tuta, his former DJ name, has got your five best bets for the Sunday slate. Maybe he's got some of those betting buddies in there. Who knows? Make sure you tune into that. Until next time, this was House, Warren Sharp, Asagale, the Ringer Gambling Pie Show. <laughs>